0: Just a reminder, everyone, the topics covered in this podcast are general in nature, they haven't taken into account your personal circumstances, and it's important to seek personal financial advice if you want to address any of the subject matter.
1: Welcome to The Money Men, this is a beverage with an expert edition and I'm here today with uh, the lovely Ros Thomas of uh, Tomco Tax and Accounting. Today we're going to be talking about self-managed super funds or SMSFs as they're commonly known. And um, before we do that though, I'm going to remind everyone to make sure they leave us a review or uh, share this with their friends or get it out there into, into the universe. All right, this will be a good episode, I promise you. Um, Roz is having a chuckle to herself. Hello, Roz. how are you going?
0: Good, Steve, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks, good. Um, I know, actually, that I've put you a little bit outside your comfort zone here, because you don't usually do podcasts, do you? This is my first. <laughs> Very good. Um, now, you know, everyone does their first at some stage, so this is your first, and, and possibly one of many. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> so... Um, so I thought, what we might do is spend you know half an hour, forty minutes, just talking um, about uh, self-managed super funds. You know, pros and cons, what's involved. You know, w- w- what it's all about. But before we do that, would you like to tell me and the audience a little bit bit about yourself and your business?
0: Uh, yep. So I'm just a, a small accounting firm at Warners Bay. So I started working out of home probably in two thousand and seven.
1: Um, I didn't know you'd been been going that long.
0: Yeah, yeah I've been going yeah. that long. So yeah. before those days, I used to work in um, a couple of smaller practices, but yeah. probably where I cut my teeth was most at um, PwC, so mm-hmm. working for the big four, and yeah. that's probably why I'm a little bit um, attention to detail and be yeah. pedantic <laughs> yeah. about things, but... Um,
1: People also tell know. me, though, that you're very personal and uh, personable and uh, friendly and, and approachable and accessible too, which... Um, you sometimes don't get with the large firms
0: yeah, yeah. i think that's why i stepped away I, I want to be more um working sort of on the ground and, and i like to to get involved in businesses and and rather than just the number crunching to yeah. sort of help them and guide them and things like that so that that's sort of where my um interests lie yeah but, um,
1: yeah it's interesting these these podcasts because I learn things about you that you now I see almost every day. But there are things the things I'll learn now that I didn't know about you. So, yep. um, so you know you've had that big, big practice experience, and, and now you're operating a, a smaller, more personal practice um, on the ground at Warners Bay. Yep. What sort of things do you um, specialise in, in your or, or work on in your accounting practice?
0: Look, it's very varied. So I'll do things from. Obviously, the individuals, um, your, your compliance and lodging your tax returns and things like that, through to you know, companies, trusts, um, small businesses, um, self-managed super funds. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, my, my biggest client sort of turnover is over a So, yeah, it, it's a very vast base yeah. but that probably gives me. Um, yeah.
1: So, from your very, from your individual, very small business, right through to a very large business. And that's can, it. I think it's
0: recognising mm. sort of every company starts and finishes as an individual, so you can't yeah. ignore sort of that side of it. That, yeah. That's the approach I sort of like to take.
1: Yeah, yeah. You'd be busy, though, with uh, COVID last year and continuing on uh, some of the government measures and things like that. That would have um, knocked you around a bit for a few months, wouldn't it, when, uh, when all that came out?
0: Yeah, it's been a big, um, big stretch. No holidays with COVID. Mm-hmm. It was, um, yeah, all guns blazing and yeah. burning the candle a bit, but... Um, you know, you do what you do to help businesses get through and, yeah. you know, and I don't have any sort of um, issues with any of mine. They all come through relatively unscathed, which is really good.
1: Yeah, yeah awesome. What else do you want to tell us about your business? Anything or you, you're over-talking about you?
0: <laughs> yeah, I said, that's just, um, that's about it. Actually, yeah. I used to work in pathology a long mm-hmm. time ago, so that's probably where um, I get more a lot of my empathy thing yeah, from. I yeah. think people, you know, are quite happy to talk to you more about medical than mm. um than what they earn and things like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. having that sort of a bit of a background I think is a bit more comforting to people and
1: Yeah. I, I know a number of your clients that have told me that um, on occasion they've, you know, worked through their tax stuff over a beer. Yep. Um, you know, <laughs> yes. so it's quite you know, you can you can do that. And uh, and I've spoken to many people too where where their situation's really quite involved and, and you you're basically you know, take them on the journey and, and, and get them all sorted. Yep. Yeah. All right. I know you're uncomfortable talking about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about these um, these things uh, that everyone's heard about. Um, some people have them, and some people uh, ask questions about them and, and want to learn. So that's what today's all about. Is just trying to help our listeners understand what a self managed superation superannuation fund is all about. We'll call them an SMSFA because it's easier to get my tongue around. Yep. Um, so a self managed super fund SMSF. What is it really?
0: It's, it's just a vehicle that you use to probably have greater control over your superannuation. Mm-hmm. So you, you've you got more of an idea on what you can invest in and opportunities that might come up yeah. rather than just relying on, um, you know, the big super funds to make those decisions for you. It's just a bit more flexibility in what you're going to do and, mm-hmm. and get you on the path.
1: So they Although they're self-managed, they're still a superannuation fund, aren't they? So they've got to still meet the laws and the rules and, uh, oh, uh, yeah. and super. Yeah, they're yeah. still
0: quite strict. There's a lot of regulatory requirements. Yeah, um, yeah. So you've got your annual compliance and financials and tax returns and preparing investment strategies which you, know, you realistically need to follow and mm-hmm. getting an independent audit every year and yeah. ticking those boxes so you can continue to get that concessional tax treatment.
1: Yeah. Okay, so how would a self-managed super fund generally, well, how can they be structured? So what 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 do they look like if you if you lift up the bonnet? Um, you know, everyone just sees them as an SMSF, but what what actually happens? What you know, what's the structure in behind it? So to
0: set one up initially, um, you can have individual trustees, but realistically, corporate trustees the way to go. So that that eliminates issues going forward. If because um, you can only have four members. Yeah. If you've only got one member, you have to have a company regardless. But uh, if you've got two, if, if a member wants to leave the fund or if you want to bring on a member, it saves having to change names of, you know, you might have shares and things like that in individual trustee names. and um, You'd have to get all those name changed in order yeah. to remain compliant. So if you've got a company, it doesn't matter because it's only the directors behind that company where you're making these changes, but yeah. the name on your assets is still going to remain the same.
1: So the trustee does what? What's a trustee do? the trustee says so that so they are they basically is a trustee the body or the person who they're makes responsible decisions really decisions on behalf of the members is that is that what the trustee does yeah, yeah they
0: really need to make the decisions on where things are going to get invested and yeah. make sure the compliance is all done and, and follow the investment strategy and yeah and um yeah make those decisions on investments to make sure that they comply
1: yeah so so a normal Let's say normal superannuation fund. So let's let's say an Australian super or something like that. They have a trustee, don't they? Like the Australian super has a trustee that's, yes. in, that's involved, that is um, required to you know invest and, and act in the in the interests of all the members. Yep. So it follows then that a self managed superannuation fund, um, the trustee is is generally a company or, or or the directors of that company are members of the fund. That's um, right. Yes. Which is where the self managed bit comes in, doesn't it? Um, so the, there's there's the ability to have a company as a trustee, and you mentioned that um, the reason you'd have a company would be, you know, to for ease of administration if something changes, um, including perhaps even the death of one of the the, the people. Controlling the fund? Well, that's yeah. right. If yeah. you only had
0: two members in a fund mm. and mm. one of them passed away and mm. they were only individual trustees, yeah. there's big issues because you can't have a one member yeah. um, to be a sole trustee. It doesn't work that way. It has to have corporates. So.
1: Yeah, so there are some compelling reasons to have a company as a trustee. That's right. Um, but I guess there are, there are higher costs involved with that as well. Um, so that's a balancing yeah. act. Not the, considerably. Yeah, and the, the much, issues yeah. that it would
0: mm. save down the track is certainly well worth
1: it. Yeah. So you've got the trustee or trustees that are responsible for making the decisions um, for the fund um, and doing all the other stuff that a, that a fund needs to do. And then they're doing that on behalf of the members. Um, so the members, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, potentially are the trustees or the directors of the trustee company. And may, yeah. maybe some all others. All members have to
0: be directors and all directors have to be members. So, yeah.
1: And how many members can a fund have?
0: No more than four.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So they are looking at increasing it, but at mm-hmm. this stage, it's yeah, still four.
1: Yeah. So, so if you've got a family of ten and you want them all to be members of the super fund, the self-managed super fund, you can't do it, can you? No, you can't. No. no. Um, so that's, I guess, that's one of the reasons that uh, the you know, increasing the number of members is being looked at at the yeah, moment. Yeah. But
0: the maximum I think they're looking at anyway is six. The that's six, it. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. so it's still quite limiting, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so so basically, self-managed super fund, the trustees are the members and the trustees are responsible for ensuring that any investments made are uh, uh, made in the best interest of the members um, for their future retirement. That's, pretty That's much right. Mm.
0: One of the things is that you've got to, the sole purpose test, you've got mm. to meet the requirements of that, which is... You know the fund needs to operate realistically for the provision of age pension. Mm-hmm. So it can't do do anything that's going to benefit you in the here and now. It, it's something to lock away for your retirement and um, and use in that manner.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the it sounds pretty easy, you know, to me. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that tongue in cheek because yeah, I, right. I know <laughs> firsthand that it's actually not. Nice. Um, so I guess it follows, if the trustee is responsible for, you know, the interests of the members, then be, there'd be some obligations and responsibilities and rules around that, wouldn't there?
0: Oh, that's right, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So they've got to, you know, the sole purpose test is the main one, that they just need to tick the box, they need to make sure compliance is done, they're investing in the right things.
1: and Yeah. Are there any things that a self-managed super fund can't invest in?
0: They can't invest in anything there's the in-house assets rules with uh in relation to lending money to related parties investing in related parties yeah. there's some um, discretion around that if it's a real business asset like it might be a commercial um oh, unit that yeah. you're doing and you're yeah. doing it you know there's a, a lease and things like that in place a commercial lease There's some ways around that, but generally, you know, you can't go and buy a house and then you go and live in it or anything like that. You can't derive personal benefit. That's
1: a common misconception, I think, is people often come to me and say, "Hey, I want to use my superannuation to buy a house um, because I can't afford to buy a house uh, in my name." And and I say, "Well, that that's okay. Yeah, Um, you can potentially do that, but you're not allowed to live in it." No, that's right. Uh, and you're not allowed to have family member live in it. Uh, no, that's right. You have either. to actually mm. do
0: a rental declaration out mm. annually mm. with your compliance to mm. say that you are not doing that. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll breach the CIS Act.
1: Yeah. So. And if you breach it, there are, I guess, some penalties involved if you don't rectify. Yeah.
0: So yeah. if you breach it, yeah, they can remove the tax, uh, the concessional tax treatment. So instead mm. of being taxed at 15%, that they can remove that. Yeah. The so, so, and there can be that. fines. Hmm. Long-term um, abuse of a child. like yeah. You could go to jail. It's There's yeah. some severe consequences just because of the um, hmm. tax treatment that applies to it.
1: Wow. So you need to be careful. If you're going to be yeah. self-managing something, um, you know, as a trustee of a self-managed super fund, you actually need to know what you're doing, I guess. You yeah. need to
0: know yeah. what you're doing and, and hmm. engage in a good financial planner, Steve. Yeah,
1: well, a good accountant. Yes. Um, <laughs> probably more. So... Um, so, um, but thanks for the plug. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what types of investments would you generally see um, a self-managed super fund um, investing in?
0: So probably, I do a lot of work in the property sector, so probably 80% of my self-managed super funds would have limited recourse borrowing arrangements in place. Mm-hmm. So. Which is just um, a fancy name for you know they've got a loan to go buy a property. Yeah,
1: yeah. So there's a whole structure around that, but but simply speaking, um, the super fund borrows the money to buy a property. Okay. That's right. Yeah. It's just yeah. like
0: negative gearing for an individual, yeah. but it's
1: it's within your super fund. Within the super fund. There's a whole heap of um, technicalities around certain bear trusts and all that sort of stuff, which you won't go into yep. in this podcast. Um, but but you're basically saying that the property is one of the big things that people are looking to do with a self-managed super fund. And yeah. I, guess, I guess that makes sense because you can't, if you're investing and having your super in say an Australian super or a CBUS or an AMP or whatever, um, you, you can't actually, they, they don't actually invest in direct property for you, do they? You, know, you can't yeah. say to them, go and buy the house two doors up um, because I want to invest in that um, because that, that's not what they do. But with a self-managed super fund, you have the ability to do it if it's, a, if it's right for the members of the fund.
0: That's right. Okay. And I think especially with, you know, the economy and things the way they are, people like to see it and, mm. and see something visual there for, for their money and things like that. So that that's a good thing for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. I'll get back to that in a, in a sec. Um, what else does a super fund have to do? So you mean, I think you mentioned reporting and, uh, and audits and things like that. So yeah. what, what are the obligations there of a trustee in regard to reporting and, and that sort of stuff? What has to be done?
0: so there has to be your standard set of you know financial statements and income tax returns and so their investment strategy which needs to be updated annually to reflect what's going on in the fund and what your intentions are going forward in the fund minutes to confirm sort of what you're doing mm-hmm. um they're all yeah very important so and remembering to you know you've got to be able to back up what you're doing so if you know money going into the fund you know if we're going to get it audited you need to just support that and show me well how is that money getting into the fund because yeah. there's caps on um contributions that you yeah. can make and things like that and yeah. um division 293 like there's certain things that might mean you don't get the 15 percent. so you've got to look at how the income's going in but also that you're not paying anything out of it that shouldn't that come shouldn't out be, of it yeah, yeah. so it's keeping on top of that paperwork and yeah. and
1: I'm, I'm guessing that some trustees would get their personal and, and self-managed super fund spending a little bit mixed up from time to time.
0: I have had guest clients on the odd occasion mm. that, mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, inadvertently pay a bill or something out of the wrong account because yeah. it's just like a normal bank account. Yeah, so, and quite
1: often link, would be linked to their personal internet banking, I guess. So yeah, that's they're, right. They're, uh, yeah, okay. What about, um, does a self-managed fund have to do tax returns and things like that?
0: Yep, Mm. so part of the Mm. annual compliance is yeah, preparing the tax return, and and as I said, that all goes to the auditor, so I prepare Mm. the financial statements and the tax return and and the accompanying audit file, which, you know, that's why I'll annoy people, I suppose, and get all the receipts. I want to see rental statements, and I want to see settlement statements and contracts for purchases, and just so that I can get confidence on what's done, and I can show the auditor that everything's compliant.
1: Yeah, so the auditor has to sign off. um, That's right. Yeah. And what's, what's an auditor looking for? Are they, are they looking potentially for breaches um, around the rules and sole purpose tests and all that sort of that's stuff? That's right. Yeah. They, mm-hmm.
0: they want to make sure that you're not having any breaches that need mm-hmm. to be rectified because you have to report those breaches to the ATO and there's timeframes on on doing that rectification. So mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. They're going through and making sure, you know, is, are the assets all in the correct names? Are you doing the right thing? There's, you know, no transactions going in and out that shouldn't be. Yeah,
1: so it's a big job. Depend, I guess it depends on what's what's being invested in doesn't it as, as to how big a job that is you know if it's mm. if it's just a vanilla suite of shares or something then it'd be fairly easy to audit, I'd imagine yeah there's not much going in and not much going, coming out yeah that's mm. right if mm. they've
0: just got a managed fund or something yeah. like that yeah then it's pretty easy it's yeah. only with even with the property it can be somewhat easy depending yeah. on if you get the real estate to look after bills and things like yeah. that yeah. you might not have much that you actually need to to interact with it, but by the same token, it, I like my clients to get involved in it. I think if they're doing a self-managed fund, then get involved in it, know what's going on with it, and yeah. you know where's your property sitting, is it, um, is it growing or is it time to, to move because the area is changing or hmm. things
1: yeah. like that. Yeah, and I, I guess you hit the nail on the head there. If if someone's going to be you know, self-managing or being the trustee of their you know, of, a, of a super fund, then you you really want to be interested in it to some extent wouldn't you if you were the trust oh that's team, right you know, like what's what's the point of having a self-managed super fund if you're not interested in you, and, you, and you're not interested in learning what your obligations are and uh and about investing i guess
0: well that's right if you're going to do that and you want to sit back mm. then you're better off letting someone else manage it because yeah. you're going to miss opportunities as well that arise if, if you're not actively involved to some point
1: mm. yeah so there's a fair bit to it really um it sounds easy when you you just when you say just say smsf self-made super fund sounds pretty easy um and i think that's um conveyed uh, out there in the media and uh sometimes property spruikers etc try to make it sound as though it's uh, all all very easy and a no-brainer
0: oh that's right it's a big
1: misconception i think yeah so you know we know that it's not easy and that the trustees um have a certain like the trustees can't Correct me if I'm wrong, but they can't just say, it's not my responsibility because I've got Roz who's my accountant. Oh, accountant. no, no, no. They're, the trustee's ultimately responsible.
0: That's right. Yeah. They're, they're the directors of the corporate trustee or yeah. they're the trustees themselves. So yeah, yeah. they're responsible. So it's not
1: good enough to say, oh, you know, I, I didn't know. Um, yeah. no, that's
0: right, because it's your obligation to yeah. know. So yeah. they're doing a lot now when you apply for an ABN, for an SMS. So if they will do a bit of due diligence on yourself and they'll yep. say, well, come on, like you haven't lodged your own tax returns. I can cancel your ABN yeah. and put your SMSF on hold.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's on the back of the fact that um, yeah, there, there probably are a lot of SMSF um, trustees that shouldn't be SMSF trustees. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, who, who for one reason or another have ended up in an SMSF. Righto, so we've established what an SMSF looks like with the trustee and members etc we know that there are quite a number of obligations and responsibilities of the trustee tell me about some of the pros and cons in your eyes um, you know so what are, what are some of the positives of holding a self-managed super fund do you think if this is just your opinion yeah. you know we're not saying that this is gospel
0: look I've had some I had a client whose um, their comfort was just in cash
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and they had about $3 million in their super fund at the time. And most of the commercial funds didn't realistically want to touch them because there's nothing really to be gained. So they did their SMSF, put it all in cash. Um, then with the GFC hit, they were they were fine. They were doing better than anybody else. Yeah, so yeah. Um, in that respect, the, a pro is that you've got control over where your money's going and what you're doing and, and what you want to invest in and yeah. and things like that.
1: So on that right. cash Cash And, you know, whether that's right or wrong for, for individual self-managed super funds, who knows. But with the cash, I guess it, having the cash in a self-managed super fund gives the trustees the ability to go around to all the different banks and, and whatever and get the best rates they can get. Oh, well, that's right. He was, yeah, yeah
0: lovely old man. He, that was yeah. his day, I think, yeah. was yeah. to go
1: and, and see yeah, go, where he could get what term deposits. Go then. and uh, shop the term deposits. Around. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you actually don't get the ability to do that generally in a you know normal retail fund. If you're in their cash option, it's a very very low or nil interest rate. Um, yeah. Whereas with a self-managed super fund, the trustee has the control and the discretion to go and find the, the best products and rates. Yeah, so that's, yeah. Well, that's right, they can mm-hmm. go to any bank. As mm-hmm. long as
0: it's in the right name, make sure it's all set up correctly. It's, yeah, not a problem.
1: Yeah. Um, any other positives?
0: So they can get onto some great investments. Sometimes mm-hmm. opportunities come up that the, the normal person, yeah, we might not be aware of, yeah. that um, might be someone's doing a startup or something like that. And, mm-hmm. And so there's some great opportunities or someone sees a property and they they can see the potential because they know what's coming up in that area and schools are being built and some infrastructure going in and and they jump onto it so there's Mm -hmm. some really good decisions that that can be made by the trustee without having to go through you know big processes of getting Mm. approval from everybody your fund's so small that you know you ask you know your partner do Mm. you want to do this oh yeah yeah, let's do it
1: yeah and if it stacks up and makes sense for the for the members for you um then, then, then you can do it and I guess, too, um, you know, if, if a strategy involves some sort of share exposure, um, the trustees can actually choose the shares that they invest in. Well, you that's know, right. They, they can go blue yeah. chip or yeah, international
0: yeah. or ethical or yeah, yeah, whatever right. fits their comfort yeah.
1: level. Um, and not having to rely on the big fund, um, just, just making those choices for them. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, so flexibility, the ability to sort of, um, you know, invest in, in what you like to an extent there, I'm guess there are, guessing that, as you said, there are some things that they can't invest in, but, right, um, yep. the rest of it is, is all there for the taking. What about the cons? What are, what are the downsides that, uh, you potentially see in a self-managed super fund?
0: Biggest, isn't people not doing their research, mm-hmm. due diligence, going to, like you said, property spruikers and things like that and, mm-hmm. um. You know, buying properties and things might be looking well and, you know, mm. in a mining town or something like that, but but what's long-term there if that industry isn't there and all of a sudden, you know, that might pull out mm. and your property's worth nothing. So I've yeah. had super funds come to me that are in that position that even if they sell their property now, they'll still have a $200,000 loan,
1: yeah.
0: um, which generally you've put your own security against. You've got yeah. a guarantor on that.
1: Yeah, and it's not a very... Very good outcome for the super fund, is it? For the members, you know, no. if, they're, if they're sitting there, the, the only asset was a property in the mining. Let's, let's yeah, not all mining towns, but, but no, the property. Like back at Queens yeah, a lot yeah. of them. Yep. Yeah, so the only asset is a property, um, and its value is is worth now less than the loan that is held against it. Yeah, it's not a real good investment for the super fund, is it? Or the members of the super fund, no. when it boils down to it. So that I guess that's one of the. the the Downsides I see is that people are tempted to sort of take a concentrated risk. Um, you know, and I've seen it spruked on you know Facebook and, and ads and stuff where the property developers and sprukers are saying, Hey, if you've got 80 grand in your self-managed super fund, then we can get you into this property. Um, and what ends up happening uh, is that um, the total assets of the self-managed super fund are invested in one property, yeah, um, that's right. And You're putting all your eggs in one basket. That's it. And yeah, that's if something here. goes mm. wrong, mm. it
0: mm. just goes very
1: wrong. Yeah. And that's why, is that is that why that investment strategy has to be done every year? And it has to be given, the trustees have to give some thought and document why they're making the investment.
0: That's it. You mm. ask mm. them. You hope that they're taking enough interest in the fund to mm. go, you know, yeah, is this the right thing for me? And, mm. and you know, if it's going okay, maybe they'll look at another one or, mm. or I think that people need to diversify. So I'll probably say, you know, maybe you need to talk to someone and Mm. do a bit more diversification rather than banking it all on property.
1: Yeah. I think, um, was that the police just driving (laughs) past? I I don't know if anyone (laughs) on the podcast heard that. Um, So, yeah, so the downsides are that people can, uh, or or trustees can make, you know, perhaps potentially poor decisions, um, you know, based on not enough knowledge. Yeah,
0: not yeah. To, just not doing your research. If it mm. sounds too good to be true, you know, it, is, it probably is too good to be true. Mm. So. Yeah. And people don't sort of view it as their money. And they go, oh, it's super, you know, I can't touch that for, an, you yeah. know, for a long time anyway. So they're willing to take that risk, whereas mm. it's like you might not have that time to recover if that goes wrong. Because yeah. I said when yeah. it does go wrong, quite often it goes very wrong.
1: Yeah. In my um, experience, I, I came across a, a couple once, um, who were in their 60s, um, mid-60s, and they had just been convinced to set up a self-managed super fund and buy two properties using the entire um, balance of their superannuation and borrow money to do it. So um, I, at the time, didn't think that was a real good decision. No, um, I don't think I, that's a very came ethical on, I came on the scene too late to, yep. uh, to do anything about that. But um, that's the sort of stuff that trustees can potentially get talked into if they... Don't know this stuff, I guess, and that's where they need to ask questions. Mm. Like, you know,
0: you know, I know it's good for you know if people want to do self-managed funds and want me to look after their funds and Mm. things like that. That's all well and good, but Mm. at the end of the day, there's also a lot that I've said to them. There is no way I'd let you set up a self-managed fund. You you don't have not the skill set, but you know Mm. you don't realistically know what you're doing. You don't have the time or effort to put in it. You're just thinking that you're going to do it to make all these millions of dollars, and Mm. it's generally Mm. not the case.
1: No. I, I find that trustees can tend to just focus on that one particular investment without uh, a view of the overall picture and where it's going to get them. It's just yeah. a, a sort of a knee-jerk reaction or a knee-jerk purchase, you know, to an extent. Um, so you know, plenty of pros, uh, but potentially pr- plenty of downsides as well. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I, I think the message is coming through, you know, loud and clear from you is that you. Correct me if I'm wrong. So you believe that, you know, trustees need to, you know, make themselves informed and, and research research you know, things and, and make sure that um, they know what they're getting into before they start a self-managed super fund?
0: Most mm. definitely. Mm. Even before, you know, if people want to get in the fund, I say to them, before you buy anything, mm. just call me, whether yeah. it's at night or on a weekend, you mm. know don't just go and do it give me a call and I'll say well that might be a good idea let's look further or you know steer clear of it because quite often when it comes across your desk it's too late half the time Mm -hmm. so we need to sort of be proactive and get onto it before it's an issue
1: so it's almost as though any decision that a trustee wants to make whether it be making a contribution into the fund or taking money out of it or whatever that they they should be either well aware of their obligations and are all over it or be ring (laughs) Ros or their accountant and ask the question before they do it. I'd much prefer, I
0: say to people, it's easier for you to take five minutes to give me a buzz and I'll go, don't do that, Mm, um, mm. rather than me try to fix it once it's done because quite often that that will be a very big saga, try and rectify it.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Okay, so we have sort of talked around it with the pros and cons. Um, What are the biggest mistakes that um, trustees make uh, in self-managed super funds? Do you think?
0: Probably not Not keeping on top of their compliance. So, um, you know, I might have... I've had a lot of funds get sent to me that I have to rectify, that mm-hmm. people haven't lodged for five years or something. The ATO is yeah. cracking down on them. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure... ones you've helped me with, making sure insurance policies are in the correct name. So if the Superfund mm-hmm. pays for it, the Superfund owns it. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite often, some planners just don't get it right. So, yeah. Um, that's one of the critical things as well and just making sure um that you're not breaching you know don't take money out because you can't pay your mortgage that week it it, it might be hard but but just little things
1: that um can cause some really big um consequences that brought one to mind and and um the name or or the name the the contract for a property purchase um has to be in the right name doesn't it oh most definitely yeah yeah so so I think that's one that would be reasonably common. Um, a common mistake made is that perhaps the contract is is done in the wrong name. That could be difficult to unwind, couldn't it?
0: Yeah, mm. it, you can't mm. unwind it. Mm. It's, so that's making sure when you've got your limited recourse borrowing that you've set that structure up mm. correctly because, um, yeah, as I said, there's too many that have come to me and, and they're just wrong. So it's making sure the structure's set up correctly so that the, the right names are there because when you pay off that limited recourse borrowing, if you're going to do that before the fund um, and it's pension phase and things like that, and you want to revert that to to just your self-managed super fund and not mm. sitting in this bear trust, yeah. there'd be separate stamp duty if you hadn't if had you it stamped done, oh, and yeah. haven't done it yeah. correct to start off with. Mm. So yeah. it's just ticking all those boxes and, mm. and it can be a bit um, cumbersome, I suppose, but it's just so relevant to get it right from the start.
1: Yeah, yeah might be cumbersome now, but it'll be far more cumbersome, you know, 20 years down the track when it's discovered that you've, you've done it wrong and there's oh, a massive right. tax liability or stamp duty liability or whatever. That's right, yeah. and people
0: don't sort of see that. You mm. get people going, yeah, I can set up that self-managed fund. Yeah, you can do this and this and this. And mm. um, I said, But if they don't set it up properly, mm. then, you know,
1: there's just major issues that can come from it. Yeah. So to summarise, I guess, um, for the right people... Um, a self managed super fund is a, an excellent um, vehicle, isn't it?
0: Oh, most definitely. Yeah. But yeah, the biggest thing is if you're thinking that way, you need to talk to your accountant and see what their thoughts are. So they're mm. probably going to know intimately how your financials are and, and whether or not they think that you're suited to it. And just listen to them and take their advice and, mm. and go to a planner and, and talk to them and find out about different investment opportunities and see, well, You know, maybe this this is a good thing for me, but maybe it's something I shouldn't. I should give some control over to with managed funds. You can do different things for investment, Mm, but it's just making sure you've got that knowledge, or you've got someone that you know has got that knowledge to guide you through it.
1: Yeah. So that boils down to giving yourself knowledge, researching, understanding what you're getting into, and surrounding yourself with good, knowledgeable professionals. Is really it's right, what it like boils into. Yeah, yep. like <laughs> yeah, like us. <laughs> um, we could talk for hours about self-managed super funds. There's just so much to it, like you mentioned, yep. you know, pension phase and all that sort of stuff. So we won't because we'll be here for hours, and yep. um, I've nearly finished my beer. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but listen, that's been really enlightening um, to to get that. Out. Actually, to learn a little bit more about you, but also to you know get that basic understanding of what's involved, what the obligations and responsibilities are, pros and cons, and the sorts of mistakes that can that can uh, pop up with self-managed super funds. Good on you. Very good. Thank thanks you. for having Thank me. Thank you very much for putting yourself out there into the uh, podcast world.
0: Yes, well out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I'll
1: actually give you a 10 out of 10 for that. Very good. Well Impressive. Done. <laughs> um, now, everyone, thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to share or leave a review. And uh, until next time, Roger, we get you on. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Thanks very much. Catch you later. Thank you.